0: And now, get ready for an exclusive look into the music industry with Behind the Mic host, Dylan Ingram. And that's how little girl to be Welcome into this episode of Behind the Mic. I'm your host, Dylan Ingram, and today I'm joined by singer songwriter Stephanie Lambring. Thank you for joining me today.
1: Oh, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: So just about a month ago, you released your debut album, Autonomy, and it's gotten some well-deserved publicity. So just tell me what the last month's been like since releasing that.
1: Um, It's been pretty crazy. Uh, You know, the record came out on October 23rd, and then the the day it came out, there was this write-up in Rolling Stone, which is like a bucket list thing for me. And then because someone saw that article, it led to my songs being sent to Ann Powers, who's an NPR music critic. So like, that was insane. Like, it it feels like super validating and I've just had a lot of pinch me moments. And then on top of that, like the most important thing is just the feedback I've gotten from people about how the music has moved them. And, you know, it's crazy how something that's so personal to you can affect so many other people, you know?
0: So before we dive into the specifics of the album, how did you get into music and songwriting?
1: Well, you know, I grew up around music. Um, my dad played guitar sometimes in bluegrass jams on weekends. Uh, and then whenever I was little, my grandma made me take piano lessons, so I had that in me. and I would I kind of had this like secret dream to be a singer, and I would like sing into the answering machine when no one was home and then like promptly delete it before anybody got back. So I I definitely had that going, but I don't even, it wasn't like a conscious, I'm going to do this one day thing. Um, But whenever I was in high school, we did this folk music course and that led to me learning some chords on the guitar and, and, I started singing not into the answering machine anymore. So that's kind of what started the singing and playing aspect.
0: On the songwriting aspect of this album, you really didn't hold anything back. You touched on all kinds of difficult topics such as Christianity, sexuality, domestic violence, body image, and suicide. So when you were writing that, was it ever scary for you to be so open and vulnerable with these songs? And if so, how did you end up getting over that?
1: Definitely. Um you know, whenever I was writing it, when I was writing the songs, it just felt cathartic to go there. But then when you're actually playing them to actual people, it's definitely a little bit um, nerve wracking because you don't know how people are going to respond or, you know, how you'll be perceived, I suppose. Uh, But it definitely, the more, the more I've played the songs out, out um, and the more that I've elaborated on the story behind them uh, it gets less scary and you see how I, I feel like the more vulnerable you are the more people feel connected to you and so then it just creates this environment where you feel freer to say what you want to say but initially yes it is terrifying
0: one of your songs on the album pretty that one discusses body image So can you take me through your experiences that you kind of talked about in that song that went into writing that one specifically?
1: Yeah, um, when I was home years ago, I remember stumbling upon one of my journals from whenever I was like third, fourth, fifth grade, and pretty much at the end of every entry, it said, will I ever be pretty, which I thought, at the time, I thought it was kind of funny. And then I guess as I... Then, you know, thinking about it more, it was interesting that that was my, that that was my focus and that that was the goal. Um, So I, then the idea started kind of rolling around a little bit in my brain. And I knew certain, I knew some of the stories I wanted to tell in the song, just because they are some of the moments that have stayed with me, even, you know, I'm 34 now. And I remember how painful it's like, you know, the Christmas, the first verse is about a Christmas pageant, um, that was one of the most painful for whatever reason, that experience was one of the most painful in my life. And so I, as far as like body image is concerned, um, I think writing that song was for that little girl and it ended up, you know, being for me as I am now at 34. Um, it's just, I had to tell, like, every part of that song is autobiographical.
0: What message do you have or something that you want to say to young girls or anyone that's struggling with body image currently?
1: You know, I don't really have a tied in a bow answer, unfortunately. I just think the message I want to give is somebody else gets it. You're not alone. And it feels empty to say, you're beautiful how you are. Because I mean, it, it's so much, I think on some level, we, like, you know that, but you don't feel it. So I think for me, it's more helpful to have other people be like, yeah, I get it. Rather than like, here's something to say to make you feel better. I just want people to know that somebody else out there gets it. And I think that it seems like it's shifting a little bit. I think that people with body positivity and um, people more focused on being healthy, like truly healthy. I think think it's shifting. I don't think it's so much, you know, you got to be this rail thin person. I, I think- it's shifting in a good way.
0: Looking at your album as a whole, is there a song that you can pinpoint that you would say was the most difficult to write?
1: Yeah, um, probably "Birdsong Hollow." Actually, um, It's, i had the concept for a while, but I thought it was going to be on the next record. I didn't think that I could like get that song together. I didn't think I had enough. You know, I had leaned into it enough, but the as we were recording the record, it just seemed to fit in with the rest of the songs. So I buckled down and did research and, you know, and uh, really tried to get into that headspace. but it took, I mean, I had so many different versions. Uh, it, it took a long time to really get like, to, to feel like it was right.
0: Autonomy—that's the name of your record—and for people that don't know, that means self-directing freedom and moral independence. So, what all went into choosing that name for the record?
1: Well, I had—it was not on my radar initially. I—I had, I had thought that I was going to use like a line or a phrase from from the record, but uh, it nothing felt right. But I had this running list of possible titles, and one day I just thought autonomy. Um, And for me, it makes sense on a lot of levels. This record is about uh, finding my own autonomy spiritually, like in my familial system, you know, in the societal way from the music industry, you know, kind of doing my own thing, tuning into myself and doing my own thing. So it just made sense on so many levels, even though the record doesn't mention, you know, the word autonomy is not expressly said, but I think it's in the essence of the record.
0: So you mentioned it there, finding your own way in the music industry. So you wrote and recorded this album while not signed to a record deal, which means you got to make the album you wanted exactly the way you wanted it. So how important was that to you to make something that you feel truly represents you?
1: I mean, that's the only way I was going to do it. Uh, it. It feels so good. And I've said this so many times, especially this past week. Uh, like I wrote the, these songs I wanted to write. And recorded them how I wanted to record them, and it has been the most fulfilling thing. Like that, this is that's the only way I could have done this record, and it feels like I feel strong, I feel good, I'm feeling you know, proud, in in a good way. Um, yeah, it's it's been really really cool. She's
0: First song of yours that I heard was "Somebody Else's Dress." Can you take me through the story and everything that went into writing that one?
1: Oh yeah, Um, that song is is about a really good friend of mine. So it's pretty much her story. Um, You know, it's about being gay in the Bible Belt and not wanting to be gay, and you know things that she heard from her church culture and and stuff that she heard from her family, and then you know, getting so overwhelmed with it all that she would be out on walks at night and be walking over a bridge and contemplate like con- contemplate rather ending it all. And that's thankfully she didn't. Um, that's like one, one really good thing that her life doesn't match the ending of that ending of that song. But um, yeah, it's based on her, her experience.
0: For someone who hasn't heard your songs or your music before, how would you describe it to them?
1: Oh, man. Um, I would say heavy subject matter. (laughs) (laughs) A deep dive into the human experience. Um, Yeah. yeah. With like an Americana feel.
0: Yeah, that's a good way to sum it up. I know this is really soon. You just released your debut album, but what does the future look like for you? Or what do you hope the future looks like for you?
1: I tend to think like more like short term, but I hope that 2021, looks like me snagging some opening slots on some tours. I really hope that the world, I hope that we're able to get things in a safe enough place where we can do that. So I'd love to be touring the record by opening shows for anyone that makes sense. Um, And then of course, another record, I'm just now kind of starting to think of concepts for that. But yeah, that's kind of what I'm, I want to get, you know, at the top of my game performance wise, and songwriting wise and just I'm, I'm ready for touring and another and another project
0: if you had your choice of people you could tour with who who would that be or where do you say you draw inspiration from like or oh, man artists to try to mimic
1: okay dream dream opening yes, slot dream would be, opening slot uh Jason Isbell
0: <laughs> I would one. say
1: Jason Isbell um I love Noah Gunderson I love David Ramirez um, I love Patty Griffin, Those, Phoebe Bridgers. That's probably my like ultimate top five or whatever, whatever you want to call it.
0: <laughs> I was, I was showing your music to one of my friends the other day and I was trying to make a connection to him and someone that we both really like that you remind me of is Tyson Motzenbacher.
1: Oh my gosh. I've just started like getting into his music Sunday morning. Really- holy cow. Yes. That song.
0: Yes, he's he's really talented. I actually interviewed him and had him on this show a couple of weeks back.
1: Oh, really? Uh, yes, yeah. so
0: that, that was really, really awesome. So I really enjoy his music too. So I, I think y'all are kind of similar in some ways.
1: Yeah, I need to. Can I add that to the touring?
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so finally, what advice would you give to young artists or songwriters who are wanting to follow their dreams and make it in the music industry?
1: I would say... Just try to be honest with yourself and just create create authentic art. That's the best thing you can do. You know, be persistent. It takes resilience if you're going to make it. But I would say put the focus on being authentic and creating authentic art and staying true to yourself and, and hopefully the rest will follow.
0: Well, Stephanie Lambrey, thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Behind the Mic.
1: Thank you for having me. It's been fun chatting.
0: That was Behind the Mic with Dylan Ingram, Make sure to tune in next week for a brand new episode.